Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 661 with Chef Michael Tiemann. I get in, I get this job, I'm, it's way ahead of my skis, and uh, I have to like kind of struggle and get my learning curve as fast as possible so they don't find out that I really don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Are you ready for It Factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then, join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. Were you aware that 89% of guests will research a restaurant online before dining out? This is why it is so important for you to be mindful of what your online presence is. Visit getbento.com slash unstoppable to sign up for your Bento Box website today. Bento Box empowers restaurants to own their presence, profits, and relationships online. One more time, that is getbento.com slash unstoppable. You got to check out Wisetail, a premier learning management system. Wisetail is a forward-thinking training and communication platform built to engage today's workforce. Wisetail is trusted because it grew up alongside some of the most recognized restaurants in the industry. This has helped them shape their products and its functionality through real-world feedback and rigorous testing. Wisetail can help you scale your training initiatives across all locations while empowering your employees to take control of their learning and their professional growth. To learn more, head over to www.wisetail.com slash unstoppable or find the banner in the show notes. And if you use my links, you'll get three months free after signing up for a year contract. Again, that's wisetail.com slash unstoppable. Everybody loves payday, am I right? But loving your payroll provider, that's a different story. It's a little weird. Still, small businesses across the country love running payroll with Gusto. Gusto automatically files and pays your taxes. It's super easy to use, and you can add benefits and HR support to help take care of your team and keep your business safe. It's loyal, it's modern, and who knows, you might even fall in love. To learn more, head over to gusto.com slash unstoppable. And when you run your first payroll you'll get your first three months free again that's gusto.com slash unstoppable with excitement allow me to introduce to you today's guest chef michael team in my man michael are you feeling unstoppable today uh that's a good question <laughs> <laughs> i plan on answering that no. right, we'll figure it out i so, usually Yes. Okay. <laughs> so Boulder City, Nevada native chef Michael Tiemann got his industry start in the city that raised him, Sacramento, California. He went on to work all over the world, including New Zealand, Hawaii, San Francisco. And after serving as the right-hand man for Chef Tyler Florence, Tiemann returned to his home city of Sacramento, where one year later he opened his first restaurant, Mother, which was followed by Impress Tavern. I cannot wait to dive into your story to find out how you got to where you are today. But let's get that motivational, inspirational, ball rolling with a success quarter mantra. What do you got for us? I... Uh 
I never. Uh, it, it's all about working hard and not being a dick. It's basically. all about working hard and not being cool being to be around, and dick. eventually you'll learn. <laughs> it's but, so true. Yeah, man. just like if you're okay to be next to uh, next to people. And you work, you, you got a work ethic. It, it, it'll take you wherever you want to go. I love it. Great way to get this thing started. So, where does it make sense to start telling your story? I mean, you, you got this to work in the industry in Sacramento, correct? Mm hmm. Um, I, uh, I got a job as a dishwasher um, just moving out of the house. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm still currently a musician, but I was in my 20s, I, I was like really playing a lot of music um, in a punk band. And I got a job at this place, Greta's, which, um, she had a penchant for hiring basically all the stray dogs in Midtown, like all, all the musicians and artists and stuff. And there's a dishwashing uh, position. And the the benefit of washing dishes is you had control of the music. So I loved it. Um, so were you a stray dog? Well, no. I mean, it was like uh, it just it, like it was kind of, I've worked in like some sandwich shops, like delis and stuff. But like, you know, getting into a kitchen that actually cooks stuff. Um you know, from scratch. Uh, so I, I, I got there just getting a job because I think my girlfriend at the time was working there. Um, and I had to start paying rent and figuring out what 18, being 18 was all about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, you know, and I loved it. The environment worked for me. Um, they, they understood like kind of, kind of that my current teenage culture of being in a punk band and, and and going going on short tour, tours and stuff, uh, and so I I basically held held that job for five years, um, but I started as a dishwasher, and you know it's got it, going back in the mantra, it, you know, it, like looking side by side and seeing, learning from other people just by by ob- observing, um, and I, it's like. Oh, I want to learn how to make soups. Yeah. Or I want to make soups or salads or whatever. So you, um, you and learned a lot of the, the fundamentals of that was, I, I That was like kind of my culinary education just because uh, this place um, did, did it had a full bakery, bread from scratch. Uh, it, was, it was primarily vegetarian, but it was, it was just like a, this really bumping lunch cafe. So I went from, you know, washing dishes and then going to the deli and making sandwiches for a while. I mean, it was six years. So I worked all the positions. Uh, I even was a server for a little bit. Uh, may, uh, my first, I, I still talk about my first like huge culinary responsibility was uh, being responsible for the lasagnas. <laughs> yeah. So once I, I would just have to make sure there's lasagnas there. Um, and, and, you know, I got into it. I got into making it and then, you know, I didn't even really like eating food, even at that at that moment. I wasn't a foodie. Um, I don't have, like, a cultural background, and my parents didn't really cook um, so much. I mean, uh, kind of being a latchkey kid when I was young, I just got used to microwaving food and bologna. Yeah, so and let's eating. zoom to, like, 30,000 feet real quick. Sure. I feel like this is a very um, like pivotal point in your life. Right. Um, you learned a lot of the basics. But what did you what, what did you take away from that experience? How did uh, Greta's kind of transform who you were? Not necessarily I didn't, what you were I didn't learning. start appreciating it until, like, you know, uh, when I – now in a, uh, my position where it's been, you know, 20-some-odd years, and I, I now own a couple of restaurants. Like, I, I now reflect back going, wow, that – that I mean, that was the 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 snowball. Um, I mean, primarily, like I didn't even start taking uh, this 
job serious until you know 10 years later like when, when they started getting into my 30s yeah because we, uh, we there's a whole 10 year period where you worked in sacramento after right and then it was yeah yeah greta's closed i, I would have probably held that job forever greta's closed and then i you know it's like back when you filled out job applications and i had five years experience in a in a relatively known kitchen um so it just gets you in another kitchen. That's how it, it was easy to get jobs yeah. in kitchens, and I was comfortable. So should be a five years experience. Uh, people back yeah. then, if you had experience on your resume, that was a good thing. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it, it's kind of silly. It, like it, it's kind of silly to throw that away, regardless of how how um, how much weight or what you take away from it. it it's it, you do something for five years, it, you you. you you do pick up value from it no matter what subconsciously so what was the value what did greta's teach you um was it the was it the woman's name greta or is it yeah that's name? her uh, yeah yeah so what did greta teach you about business about how to be how to present yourself how to show up every day oh that that that, that wasn't a place for that like okay. yeah i mean it was it it the i've it you know at the end of it i was kind of taking taking the comfort for granted um there was she had she had like you know, kind of loose in and out time. So I just started showing up late. Yeah. And, and so like that sort of, that sort of stuff I didn't, didn't, didn't really respect as much, but more so just the, uh, I would say it opened up me liking food or liking to cook and eat food. Just with a, I was, I was poor. And so it cracked you the know, seal. Well, yeah. And also it, it was, it Working in a restaurant, it was a way for me to eat. Yeah, you know. So, <laughs> interviewing restaurant tours is another way to eat. Yeah, so. no, seriously. <laughs> but um, you know, and then getting into like making soups, and it, it, there was a, after a little while, like there there was no structure to it. So we just make up, invent things. And now looking back, it's like, oh well, we got the foundations of you know sweating the the aromatics and building building flavor. But it wasn't like kind of taught it was very free form i thought i, I thought it was really cool yeah. i, I for, uh, people that's worked with me i still remain friends with that's awesome um, so it was 10 years after uh greta's the mm-hmm. next 10 years before you went off to new zealand this is kind of where you really started to learn the industry uh you had one i mean i don't want to put words in your mouth but was there any key experiences give me like two or three of the key experiences uh whether that's people or locations that you think you most grew, take us through that chronological. Well, you know, I I basically threw my twenties in the garbage. Um, I I was I you know I was kind of like this, almost like the street kid that was into punk and playing music, and you know getting into drinking and you know like I I literally like wasn't going on any path for for those 10 years i mean i, I worked at eventually like i i ended up working getting a job in a, a sushi restaurant and so uh, you know for for four or five years i would just end up bouncing around sushi restaurants i i, I was a busker at this place tacos um and because i didn't it, like i always thought like the service made the most money which they 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 do, um, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, um, that. Uh, but you know, it. I I like I like working with my hands, and I, I learn quick. And I have a ability of learning fast uh, on physical things. Um, and it wasn't until like um, actually I met my wife, uh, who was a server in the industry, and she kind of has a, a 
crazy um, uh, resume, I guess, kind of better than mine. Um, but as a server, and she, we, we were dating for a while, and then she heard of an opening in uh, kind of a legitimate, more fine dining restaurant um, with a chef that was coming in from Napa who had who worked at Danielle's, like, like a like a big big Legit, boy, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. like it, like. Was was close to the biggest chefs in 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 the country at that time. Okay. Um. Uh, so was this Chef Philip Wang? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that that dude's that that dude. I hitched my wagon to him. And, okay. Uh. So, doing so. Um. Basically, that was the moment. Like getting so that job. It sounds like this was the experience that, that was set you on your trajectory for the for, next for like, my career to this day. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Getting the job at at this place called Mason's. So take us there. What was what was your impression? You, you got in the door, right? You were hired. What was yeah, it like? What it, was the kinda, first It's kind of like a, a, a this re, re, like this recreating thing that just happens through my life. Where I I get in, I get this job. I'm it's way ahead of my skis. And uh, I have to like kind of struggle and get my learning curve as fast as possible, so they don't find out that I really don't know what the fuck I'm doing, <laughs> you know. And I got I got this job Isn't coming that from life. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, but I got this job um, coming from sushi bars and stuff. But this was like a straight up, you know, um, technique restaurant. Um, and I got put immediately on fish, um, just because I think they it's all you came from a sushi restaurant. Reflecting uh, back at this time, I'm, I'm sure you weren't um, the leader right away. No. It took some time for you to climb that ladder. Who were the leaders, whether it was Chef Philip Wang himself or somebody else who was uh, maybe a GM or an executive chef or a shoe chef? Anybody that stand out that really kind of influenced who you became? At that time, the- at that time, anybody that like was uh, like, you know, I, I never worked in a restaurant that like people wore chef coats, and okay. I was like, whoa. Um, and so the 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 opening chef cuisine or sous chef of Phil's, um, this guy John Gurney, um, and he came. It, he was a local guy, and um, like I kind of he he actually this is how I got the job is it he was uh, like the chef de cuisine at the restaurant that my wife was working at, and he was like, yeah, we're hiring, and asked her if she knew anybody. So that's kind of the the. But I didn't know him. But he he was like really creative, and he could cook. And just watching people, suddenly I'm I'm being being exposed to, you know, like the farmer connection and the depth of of community relationships and uh, all the techniques from 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 you know all the French techniques to California cuisine. And uh, it was kind of it was kind of mind blowing. It was it was I was amazed. Yeah. Just uh, watching watching Philip pull together. You know, tasting menus. I've never even seen fine dining tasting menus or food small in, in like ten courses or yeah. whatever. So watching watching somebody do that and it, it beautiful food. Yeah, I like to say that restaurant stoppable is less about the what and more about the who. Yeah, um, behind every great restaurant's a great person. Who right. were these people? What were they teaching? What was the values? What were the values like? What was the culture like? How do they influence who you are today? Well, Phil was uh, you, you know Phil Phil was just like a big personality and he was cool to be around. Um, and he just had all the talent, uh, it, it, in the world. So he, if I learned quick and so he, it, he, he had uh, like this, this basically this, this, um, what's the word I'm looking for? 
um, this whole frontier or this whole world of restaurant um, knowledge and and just industry things and chefs and and that I had no idea about and it's creative and and I like the the hard work aspect of it and so he he being around him just created this interest in restaurants and food um you know by proxy and also just uh, I I was just you know kind of something new yeah well I mean I I I think in my research to prepare for this conversation I saw sure. that he was offered an opportunity right to uh, go open restaurants in New Zealand. And yeah. he passed an opportunity and he said, you know, I taught everything that I know to Michael. Yeah. As far as, I mean. I think he, at that time, too, um, half was true and half was he was just being. Looking out for you? Yeah, yeah, because we, we you know, we had each other's back. Because by that time, I, I moved through the ranks really quickly and I was I was the other, other chef there. Um, he saw something in you. Oh, yeah. He knew that you could handle it if you were put on the right path right oh, yeah you had the you had the chops well um, I, I i i do i do pick up on things and and learn uh when i'm interested you know uh learn things really fast and i've had you know um quite a quite a decent success rate in my yeah. life in um I mean, I think that there's kind of an underlying lesson here that like if you have somebody who's hustling on your team um and has the potential to go far with you and your team, but they have, they have a, another trajectory that will take them even further. Right. You have an obligation to that person to set them on the, the, on the track that's best for them. Right. He could have 100%. He, he could have hung on to you. He could have kept you in his corner and put you to work for himself, but he knew that like, this would be a better direct trajectory for it's, you. And he set uh, you up on that success. legacy and part of the, the trade. If you do it right, like you pass it on correctly. I mean, yeah. it's, it, this is a trade. Mm. Um, this is, this is hard work. This is as, as much of a skill as a carpenter, mm-hmm. you know? So the apprenticeship and, 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 and spreading out, uh, I mean, it, people that's dealt with Phil, I mean, they everybody that was it, on the line, uh, as line cooks in that kitchen are now, you know, successful chefs and, and pretty, it, I think, you know, the core group of the people that opened that, that restaurant and was under Phil, they're all successful, um, you know, chefs or restaurant people. So how did, uh, chef Phil imprint on you? What, what did he give you? What's not, not the, the technical skills, but did you learn anything about how to be any lessons on how to treat people or just that lesson in itself to, 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 you know, set people up on a trajectory that's best for them and not for you, I think is a lesson. I don't know. I I don't know if I'm that reflective. Um, (laughs) yes, of course. Uh, Yeah, no, of course. Uh, you know, it, like it, sometimes, it, like people, people don't over, um, over it, they they create this fantasy about chefs and restaurants, but it's a job. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of repetition. Um, so like, what what are you putting on on me? Re- really quickly was basically the core, um, the core values of kitchen chefs restaurants the 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 brigade system you know getting into the french cooking uh you know the 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 systematic things um but uh, yeah i mean it it was more so like i think i thrived for some some reason in his environment 
um, which really made me in- stay interested in sticking with it. So was that environment? Uh, you're, you're, you're painting a lot of picture as far as structure. He gave you right. structure, the the systems that a, re- a kitchen should use to, to thrive. So he, he gave you those systems, right? Well, and, and what was in front of me is like now there's this ladder and I'm competitive. And, you know, it's, it's suddenly that, that I mean, so like. I don't know if it's, it, he, he was like a huge mentor and, and big part. I don't know if it's uh, like psychologically sure, uh, but his leadership was like was massive. What type of leader was he? Why did you want to follow him? I don't. I don't. He, that I go deep, man. I pull back I know, layers. <laughs> I know. I'm a pain in the ass. No, it's not. It's not that. <laughs> like I love you, Phil. Um, he he like. He got really kind of close with the employees, um, which you know, in hindsight, like in how I how I operate, isn't necessarily um, the same or in that shadow. But at that time, so you know, there there was it was kind of like this, you know, kind of big brother sort of dude. That's you know, I was I was amazed. You know, I was I was working. Finally, got my first job that was over ten dollars an hour. I think it was 12. And I was, I was amazed by that. And then, you know, I got caught wind of his salary and it just kind of blew my f- fucking mind. Like, Oh, so this guy is only like a few steps. He's making, you know, minimum $80,000 a year. And he's traveled around, around the country and did all these, like he has war stories of, you know, Charlie Trotters and, and Danielle's and, and working at Rubicon in, in, in San Francisco and Tracy Desjardins, like his, so we're all, we're all products of our path, you know? And, and so like some of it, like you download, you, you, you kind of, or you upload a lot of, a lot of other, other chefs influences without like, without even it more subconsciously. So like just getting all that stuff from him. Um, no. so, so, you know, it, like we opened up with a dish that was like Tracy Desjardins, like signature dish, this, uh, scallop with, um, really, really soft mashed potatoes and uh, this truffle butter notch. It was like the most simplest thing, but it, it was delicious and it blew my mind. I've never had anything so tasty at that moment in my life. And it's like, well, he's like, yeah, I'm just paying homage to my path, my, my past. And it, you know, when it came completely like, uh, to fruition is the moment I moved to New Zealand, took that job suddenly like, you know, I basically could do the entire menu that we were doing in Sacramento and you know, for the most part I could call it my own because it is, it's stuff I'm, I'm, you know, it's kind it's of a, it's a product of you. Yeah. Yeah. Experience. Because you know, it, it takes a long time for people to actually figure out like identity and voice and stuff like that, yeah. you know, and as young chefs, they're all mimickers. Yeah, well, I think every great artist had to steal from something. They, had yeah. to, they need that foundation, those experiences to create their own. And, and this is this is pre like social media and, and Instagram and stuff. So you only it, it was only like grapevine, like oh, he's doing these foods or uh, the, this dish here or there, or you know this this magazine book called Art Culinaire would come out, and that'd be like like gold because you get to see like kind of the forefront of creative. That was creative the Instagram cuisine. before Instagram. It was right. how you could see into the kitchens across totally. the world. Yeah. yeah, no. So nowadays it's all accelerated. And it's it's it kind of 
unfortunately it's accelerated the compounded to the point where it's like overwhelming and it's too extreme right? well it's it's accelerated people's um perception of of um what it takes to actually learn the basics in cooking so people are, are moving up through the the ranks way way faster than they should just Is that because a good thing or a bad thing um it's just a thing yeah because you can't you know i i don't want to um, i'm kind of middle aged now for for being a chef and i don't want to be one of those gripey old dudes oh, i remember back in the day where we used to <laughs> yeah. we used to have to work if you know yeah, and just complain about how brutal it was and why isn't it brutal for them you know i'm glad glad there's a slow paradigm shift and because it it, it used to be so milit it, i think there's still restaurants like that but the the militancy and and basically slapping people so hard that their learning curve goes up and and you know that's how you keep people in line yeah you know um they uh, so um I'm glad that 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 that's kind of adjusting because there's a that never was really my style. No, um, I think I mean, I'm loving what you're giving us, I, but I want to make sure we leave room to talk about your current restaurant, sure. which means we got to talk about this experience you had in New Zealand, right? Yeah. Um, you, how long were you out there for? Um, roughly a year. Okay. Um, and this is you know uh, if 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 the, it was kind of like we got this job, um, my wife and I, uh, we we interviewed immediately got it and we were basically we just got married we went on the interview you know right when we got back from our honeymoon and then within a month we were on the plane with a uh a one-way ticket to new zealand uh the south island um to help kind of develop and uh open up a a, a more legitimate legitimate um kind of restaurant um this is the two. Uh, archi- uh, you had two architects you were working with, right? That, right. Yeah. Yeah. And and they 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 had their kiwi, and they had this amazing like kind of architectural treehouse boutique thing in the middle of nowhere on the South Island, um, and that was that was exciting and scary. And you know, the, uh, I believe the reason why they they brought out a California chef to basically tell a, a, a New Zealand story is we have for for you know years and years and years um been telling a local local farm you know to the terroir you know getting into the you know the 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 you know kind of the neighborhood and and w- having a good understanding where the the products coming from so i studied up and stayed only bought stuff within you know 80 miles of the the uh the restaurant the resort yeah the, okay yeah i i think it was a hotel and basically it was an amenity everybody got to get this tasting menu at night and it changed every day and it would be like 20 people or whatever but uh it was me and this uh girl tar watch toll um in the kitchen and my wife was the server um and that that ended up being disastrous why because uh um yeah it, like I I don't I don't think they're listening. They, they they the the residents that were actually managing and running the the hotel at the time uh one of them was a chef and I think they got frustrated with him and um so they hired us to kind of take over for, from what he was doing but they didn't tell him that we were coming. And they kept him on staff? 
well, yeah, he ran the place, yeah. and they're they're Kiwis and we're f- fucking Americans. <laughs> yeah, that what was my a, first. What exactly uh, is a Kiwi? I've heard the expression. I know it's a just t- a New Zealand dude. Uh, okay, that's gotcha, a, gotcha. it's basically you know American. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, gotcha. Uh, so it, yeah, so he was, was he was really like there there's there's a bunch of like tension and resent, and you know I was cocky and hot shit, and you know we just it was it was like you know oil and water we just didn't mix at all and that lasted like for we went out there mainly to do the season which would have been like six to eight months and yeah i i i was in that place i quit okay. I, I i i but they i mean they kind of understood it was just a bad environment i quit um but within three months like not paying rent i was i bought a car um, and so every, every day off, my wife and I would get in the car, drive up to, to, to the ferry, ferry over to Wellington, which is like, uh, the capital and one of the coolest cities. How it, far is that ferry line? Oh, it's like two and a half hours. Okay. It's amazing. <laughs> and you, and you drive on, it's a drive on ferry. Yeah. And if you pay an extra 20 bucks, you get to like sit in a nice cabin and you get to eat meat pies and, nice. and drink shitty uh, champagne and <laughs> look out uh, to this amazing landscape. So we were doing that a bunch. And then there was a day where we just had enough and we just packed up our car because we were only in big suitcases at the time and, and, and drove and never came back. And we went to New Zealand and, or Wellington and my wife and I basically were homeless, um, in a foreign country um, so we, we, we had a couple of credit cards. We got in a hotel and for a week and a half, uh, we went and applied at every restaurant out there. Uh, everyone we could, but, uh, you know, and it's like, I'll be honest, like, it, you know, being in New Zealand and being a foreigner, um, there's no reference check. Yeah. So I was the fucking best chef they've ever heard of from California. <laughs> um, yeah, but you know, at the end of the day, I got this really cool job at this kind of almost like Greta's, like this funky hipster um, place that that had uh, um, roots into like uh, soul food, and uh, you know, they had gumbos and jambalayas, and 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 they were just scratching the surface of like uh, Hispanic or Mexican food, and I uh, like like I I could cook Mexican. It's it coming from California. Every yeah. California chef can cook good Mexican food just because they've been hanging out, making family meals with the boys. Yeah. And, and you pick up all, all, all of it. It's, it, it's kind of a little funny passion of mine, but so I was able to, you know, kind of it, it introduce those things. Um, but it was really funky and casual. It's called sweet mother's kitchen. Um, and Diana Parker took us on, on, under the wings, my wife, cause she's a skilled, like highly skilled server. She ended up, getting a job at logan brown which is kind of like the french laundry okay of of new zealand and they're kind of celebrity chefs they're 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 they they had their own food network new zealand food network show okay um and she she was she uh, she's still influenced by uh, the 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 structure and how they had that place run also like living and working in a socialistic uh socialistic uh government you know the structures were completely different. There's no tipping. Um, the wages were sky high. Um, 
and and it, there wasn't really any salaries. The the financial uh, system in New Zealand uh, was weekly. You pay rent weekly. You pay your bills weekly. Everything was like kind of run in a way to where it, it wouldn't let you get too far to uh, to fuck yourself up. Yeah, because you're if you do things more, you know, it's like financially like waiting 30 days to pay bills there's a lot you couldn't spiral so far you yeah don't spiral so far in a week. i thought it was brilliant yeah uh, and and you know uh but you know it, the other side is like it, you know it's impossible to terminate people and that was a big learning learning experience learning how to work with people because you know um that's part of part of the the government system. Is, well, it's part of humanities. You know what I mean. I feel right. like it's part of humanity to well in California. We're all given a tribe, right? We well can now now as a, a restaurant owner, I really lo- love the at will law. You know, it's like if I have to terminate somebody for you know the fact that either you know, it, it's for whatever reason that isn't you know you know morally wrong, I can. But there, you, there was like. You know, months and months and months of process and paperwork and yeah. stuff. I want to pull back some layers on this because I feel like sure. it's really important. Um, because this is a big deal in my life, especially in today's age where we're or our options for employment or people to hire people aren't as wide as they used to be, or the options aren't as you know uh, bountiful as they used to be. Mm-hmm. You have to kind of work with what you got. So, what did you learn about? working with people how did you did you become more patient like what did that really teach you well like i would say like at the moment i left sacramento uh, it was then i was in this master class of figuring people out um because i was always uh, the the person from out of town so I, I would have to adapt and 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 figure out uh everybody's different like kind of kind of cultural moral codes and how how people get talked to hawaii was you, you, hawaii was a huge that was your next stuff we'll talk yeah about and that, that was a huge but you know and, and so you know i made a lot of mistakes like going in but then you you start learning how to you know communicate with a, a wide body of uh employees and people to to just like so they don't think you're an asshole. So, how do you communicate? What, what, how did you? What did you learn about how to communicate? Well, I, I learned that uh, everybody has a unique language. You can't blanket anything. I'm I'm really I I avoid it. I'm one on one. Lots of relationships. Uh, you know, like very very. But you know, there's different people that react differently um to to certain things and it could be the same way you say things but like this person just likes likes to hear it over beer and this person wants you to yell at them or this person wants you to set an example and they'll just see and, and adapt to it and and just like dealing with foreign countries and hawaii especially hawaii hawaii the the you know the the localism and the the respect for for that is is huge and pretty much like uh like a serious subject like if you if if yeah. you step on toes you you will be punished mm. you know so when you say step on toes when you when you cross the paths of a local when you get when you well no locals. i mean it's like uh, like if you just like don't understand it like if you if you don't understand the big picture of uh of of it and especially like being from town to town to town to town like it, but getting chef jobs like you know if you let your ego get in the way like you could just be 
you know, not paying attention to what's actually around you, you know, and, and you're not, you could be forcing a, forcing square pegs around, around holes and you're not speaking the language. It's good to, it's good to adapt. Yeah. It's good to be sensitive to the local situation. Right? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, but yeah, in New Zealand, that was the first time I, I understood nationalism. Like I was being reminded, this is Bush era too, being reminded every day that I was an American. Nationalism or socialism? Well, I mean, just that, like, be uh, that that I was from a nation. Yeah, you know, uh, because uh, for some reason, it, it, like, I never really like absorbed it. And he's, it, you know, um, and at that time, we you know, we we were, uh, you know, not of the norm. Uh, yeah, uh, you don't carry guns like that, you know that sort of stuff. <laughs> so I think the the big lesson I'm pulling from this is that uh, d- during this time is that you you learned that you couldn't speak to individuals like a group. You had to, you had to, to, to to talk to a team. You you can't speak to the team all at once. You need to learn how to communicate on an individual basis and learn each individual's way of communicating. Yeah, and also entering. Uh, it, this is all like the entering, like entering new new projects, new situations. Like when you walk into a room for the first time. And, and you gotta you gotta display eventually leadership and 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 not dominance but leadership in, in a kitchen like you know like there's there's a lot of nuance to it and it changes de- depending on where you're at and that's what because I was bouncing from job to job to job but also from culture to culture to culture mm-hmm. um, and then what I've learned is if you just go into these kitchens you know kind of shut the fuck up and work your ass off you know uh just displaying that you're willing to do everything and you work hard um that's when you get respect because mm. they're all oh, uh, you know, because most mostly like generally when chefs are replaced like there's a bunch of lazy employees or there's uh, the food cost is shitty or the culture is shitty so if you go in and cre- be cool to be around and you work your ass off you know, like that. The, then, when you go, hey, can you can you can you stop doing that? Like, you're not gonna get like, yeah. Why are you telling me this? No, I mean, I, the, the, all all I can think right now is that your your words will never speak as loud as your actions. You know, your actions and what you do speak ten times louder than what you say you're gonna do or what you 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 said you were gonna do. You know what I mean? Uh, that's kind of what I'm pulling from you. So be mindful of your hustle, what you're communicating with your actions. And yeah, be pleasant to be around. And I'm not c- c- claiming that I had this. I made so many mistakes, and it, even even going into New Zealand, I was still a pup. And so, you know, now in it, I'm sitting in my seat now, in hindsight, like the, the things I've learned from it. Yeah, um, things that you learned from it. What what what's it exactly? Your experience in New Zealand? Yeah, uh, well, just moving around and different, like learning how to be a chef and yeah. and be a leader. Because you know there isn't any real leadership training. No. You only you know you think a lot of people like early chefs. Um, I noticed too. Like we'll go through, and this is it. Like try to try to be a dick. You know that's how you get command. Get, yeah, yeah. Demand demand respect. Yeah. You know, and I don't. I I'm too too self conscious, and my ego is too fragile. I want people to like me. <laughs> I get that. Yeah, and I like I like to like talk to people. Yeah, so but, it's never been my 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 style, but I've been able to like maneuver through um, the ranks. 
somehow. You know, there's a lot of power, and I think we we kind of started talking when, when when I was telling you my backstory when I was setting up for today's conversation. I mentioned that I was a commercial pilot, and I, and I, I yeah, attribute my ability to get as far as I did as a commercial pilot solely to the fact that I was likable. People want right. to see me. Become no, seriously. Successful. Um, I notice it. I, I, it's funny because like my first uh, noticing because I, I I pay attention. I was like it, it was in restaurants and usually the the shittiest server. But the most likable server was the most successful server. It didn't matter. And, and they would survive. And it didn't matter if they did their side work or did all the things. But if they're they, – and so I was like, oh, that's the, that's the secret sauce. That's well, how you get, get away with everything. Giving a fuck speaks really yeah. loud. And when you – if you're a server and you're not the most technical server, you don't get the order exactly right, but you're willing to show people how much you give a fuck by going the extra mile to get it right once you didn't get it right the first time. And like you, you're there, and the, when you care, like people can see that. And but it, don't get me wrong, everybody hates that guy. What? Uh, working, working with him. Because <laughs> he's he's <laughs> not doing shit. Raise the bar. He's not doing shit, and he's making, making all the money just because <laughs> he's funny to be around. Yeah, right? Uh, so... Let's talk about your time in Hawaii. You said this is I, kind of where you really evolved as a because you were still a yeah no that that Hawaii. was that was the big like sort of um, polishing moment like kind of grinding me and polishing me up a bit um, in, in 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 kind of a bigger bigger picture sort of way. What um, was going on in Hawaii? Because uh, you got you got discovered. You didn't go searching for jobs. No, it was right? Phil. 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 Phil okay. I, I Phil. Like is you know kind of kind of passed over the the New Zealand job, and then Phil called me up while I was in New Zealand. I was kind of like having a a rough week, and he's like, "Hey, you want to um, open up a few restaurants uh, with me in Hawaii?" Uh, and I'm like, you know, I, I'm I'm just like eight nine months, you know, kind of freshly out of the house, away from Phil, trying to figure it out on my own as a chef and, and you know, not it kind of still struggling, uh, but having a great time. Um, <laughs> I was like, yes, I, 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 I would jump on things without even thinking about it. And uh, so, you know, I gave a month notice and the next thing I, I, I went home for like three days or my wife and I went home for three days and then went straight out, uh, to Maui, uh, to work for this restaurant group, Merriman's. Yeah, and you opened six rest or five restaurants in how many years? Shit, it was it, it was short. Uh, I I was I participated in two and a half. Um, one one specifically, and then I I came over for like a month and a half during the startup just to give them some mu- muscle. Uh, so the one in Kapalua, Maui, I was uh, kind of like the uh, the executive sous chef or the number two dude. Um, and then I I was just muscle uh, for the 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 kind of the two story restaurant uh, one fast casual one fine dining um, for like a month and a half I lived in a hotel like down the street for that time period but I think you know uh, I needed I, I I I needed some lessons taught to me like um, what what were the lessons you needed to talk to it, like it, like my fucking ego and 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 just thinking thinking my way is the right way um and uh, i'm a, a you know i'm not into astrology but i'm i'm i've been told i'm i'm full aries like i'm I, i'm i'm a ram i ram through things when i get an idea i'm just gonna go go yeah. um 
and I, it, you know, I, I think I'm right about it. And there, you know, you, you, this is the way restaurants should be. You know, you get this idea, but every restaurant is absolutely unique to the next, like how it's run, operated, storage, like everything. It, it's unless you build a carbon copy of the the thing, there's always like you have to adapt. Um, and so they sent me out. Uh, there is like this uh, kind of casual restaurant on the Big Island in Waikoloa, and they're they're fed up with their chef, and they saw that I had I had some mustard in, in me, and I think because Phil Phil was tasked, and he actually relocated, you know, probably like ten people from Sacramento to open up this restaurant, and you know when when you have the 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 restaurant owner who is a chef by trade and all these other people that brought in and then immediately this whole kitchen that's from this one spot like the balance of powers kind of like thinking about it now as yeah. far as like you know business structure like we had too much power and i think uh breaking phil and i up was you know a good thing but that's that's the last we actually worked i think side by side okay um and then then Suddenly, I'm on on the Big Island, which uh, you know it, it's like moving to the country. It's 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 rural. It's a it's the country. Um, yeah. Uh, and and then having to having to adapt. And luckily, this this cafe that they had, they had this Mediterranean bent uh, to it because it's resort. So you have to like. It wasn't necessarily overly Hawaiian stuff because you have all these people looking for yeah. different foods. Um, so there's like, you know, I remember there's spaghetti and meatballs and, um, you know, some tag, mushroom tag. That's right. And, and steaks and burgers, whatever, whatnot. But, you know, I was familiar with that. Uh, and then they, these guys had the complete, like, militant farm to fork you know this this has got to come from the farmers on the island as much as possible like the the notion of if if the world ended and boats stopped coming to the islands how would we survive you know so it got really into like hawaiian um regardless of you know sweet sauces and 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 mahi mahi like getting that deep relationship with the farmers on on the on the island and and understanding it's bigger than me bigger than everybody else has nothing to do with business when a farmer comes in your back door with a bag full of escarole or whatever the fuck like we didn't negotiate we paid the price because it's keeping the money back back in and also like it you know if you said no then you know it's like you get get the gossip yeah your reputation Right. Yeah, it's gossip, and it's a small. It's, it's a big island, it's small, you know. And uh, if you, if you, if, like it, 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 there is a the weed. There is a weeding out, but we survived. Like we, it's funny because my wife and I just uh, revisited Big Island two months ago um, after ten years of being gone, and it was it was great to see like old friends and old. Uh, like uh one of my buddies that worked with me um Keone uh he has this incredible restaurant called Napua um and uh, he owns a hog farm now so they kind of raise their own pork for the restaurant um but yeah it's like it's cool 
yeah. but yeah it, so there's there's a lot of, a lot of lessons because it wasn't wasn't as easy as first like just trying to figure out how to live because you have to live with these people so too. some of the lessons i'm pulling up to this point i want to make sure I'm, I'm identifying these lessons the first lesson that was you kind of had to humble yourself you had to, mm-hmm. you had to get a lesson in humility you had to throw your ego aside the other big lesson is that you got to be mindful of the relationships not just with within the four walls but the relationships that are that are outside of your four walls within your community totally and, and when you when you cross people the wrong way it will come back around uh and it's and you, you put a lot of emphasis on the the level of relationships in hawaii specifically. yeah Keeping yeah local, and, and uh, i really i really got something from that um uh, good and bad, but there was always like you know something something really really uh, lasting effect. And the third thing was um, it's not about how creative you could be; it's what your P and L looks like. Mm. At the end of the day, no matter what the fuck, you got to make money because yeah. because this isn't a charity and this this is a business. And and basically, like what I you know it's just all about getting the creative side out and doing these cool things and thinking thinking creatively with dishes and uh, you know that place at uh, you know there's there's a decent corporate system where there's director of operations and i was a chef of one restaurant but there's like four other chefs and they beat me like that was like hardcore management it was terrifying because you know once you get on the island it's very expensive to get off yeah so they yeah. they really you know if you get it if you guys get a job offer in Hawaii, the relocation's one way, just to let you know. And if it works, it works. I have one dude, uh, this guy Rob Barrera. He's killing it, and he he stayed. He was one of those that opened that restaurant up okay. with me. He was a line cook with me at Mason's, and now he he has a wife and a kid coming, and he, he's a chef at a restaurant on Maui, and he yeah. never left. And I think that's beautiful. Yeah. Um Man, so many things coming through. I think we have to get, take one quick break to uh, thank our sponsors, and we'll dissect some of this. We'll be right back. Bento Box is more, much, much more than just another restaurant website developer. It is a hospitality platform designed to disrupt third-party services that come between the restaurant and the guest. Bento Box puts the restaurant first and offers tools that drive high-margin revenue directly through the restaurant website. These tools allow you to easily update menus, promote and sell events, share your press and media attention with the world, sell gift cards, take catering orders, and much, much more. In other words, Bento Box puts you in control so that you can focus on what matters most, your restaurant. Bento Box is trusted and loved by over 5,000 restaurants worldwide because they empower restaurants to own their presence, profits, and relationships online. Sign up today at getbento.com slash unstoppable. One more time, that is getbento.com slash unstoppable. All right, we're back, and I want to dissect some of these lessons you learned. Um, you, you, you put the emphasis on the power of the P and L, and at the end of the day, like we need to be creative, right? But the cash is the, the blood, right? And we don't have blood in cash our cash is king. Yeah, if we don't have blood running through our veins, we can't we can't function. We need we need to be fluid. We need that mm-hmm. cash. Cash is king, like you said. So, what were the specific lessons you, they said? You said they beat you um, to, to to drill into the significance of the P and L. Um, we know what a P and L is: profit and loss. But what were the the specific things they told you regarding managing money that you can share with us. They just they just created these uh, obscenely absurd useless not useless but useful useless tasks that you'd have to deliver these homework things almost like um to where it it, it like 
lot of it a lot of it was necessary but this was like uh, to the extreme of 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 really understanding what you're purchasing what what every recipe every every grain of salt costed how it affects and then you know being you know comparing that at the end of the day and just you know basically like like you know not i i like to, i like to be i like to win and so yeah. like n- not doing doing well like it didn't didn't take long once that started going to the point where eventually i, I figured it out i started it like it I want it's just like you could tell when you, you know your bosses are are happy with you or not and at first I was struggling like not not necessarily like getting getting it getting, but then there was this breakthrough and suddenly like you know my restaurant was performing I was still being figuring out how to be creative and you know like finesse what what it meant you know instead of you know spending all the money just being being resourceful it sounds too. like they taught you how to track what you're doing not just do not. but track what you're doing and, and i they made you like yeah. it, it there <laughs> but they did a lot of uh they did a lot of management training and team training and and they even got deep into you know time management training you know they were really like a uh, like a um conscious company about like growing their their management core. You got to transform your people. I mean, that's a big one of the biggest lessons I've learned is you can't this like business is more than transactional. It's more than than getting somebody to show up and do the job that's listed and then um, you know paying them and they leave. You got to transform them into the 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 professional they're they're going to be. Well, yeah, right? and also like you got like in a business, all your employees have to know what you're about. Like in getting that, like what are you, what are we about? What are we doing? What are yeah. we doing here? How are we doing it? It's like, not just restaurants. So there is uh, the 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 core values, right? core values of 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 just the the localism. And I, I hate I, I hate that term for the fork. I really do. Yeah. Um. Sorry, Sacramento. <laughs> um. But it literally like it the the deep responsibility and 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 have to yeah uh, of it that was that was great there's one more thing i want to unpack before we talk about your relationship with tyler florence sure. and how he, what he taught you um you put a lot of emphasis earlier on your relationship with this gentleman where you were brought to new zealand and things weren't working out right there's a lot of clashing going on then you put a lot of Same emphasis rod rod a lot of clashing was going on and then you put a lot of emphasis on on how you had to check your ego mm-hmm. and how you had to learn how to put your ego aside and to learn how to work with people and all that what that would, could have been a that New Zealand job could have been a success story if I had the head on my shoulders. So th- now. that's kind of exactly where I'm going. Knowing yeah. what you know now, I was a fucking diva. You, you painted the picture of what that situation was like. It was like oil and vinegar. You mm-hmm. said right, uh, or oil and what? I can't remember. The they're also they're also kind of uh, outrageous, but like you know, I was I was an employee. I should have just done my job. Know what you know now exactly. Know what you know now. How would you go back? How would you have handled that situation with Rod? Mm. I don't know. Uh, I probably uh, yeah I would uh, I would have taken my time and not basically put an iron fortress around the kitchen and you know basically he couldn't tell me shit. Yeah, you would have tried to maybe harness the relationship instead of draw a line. Right. Yeah, yeah I think uh, there was even one night that it almost came to like a physical confrontation. Yeah. Um there but um there's a bunch of stuff going on like it was it, it like Ultimately, it wasn't the best, it, obviously, best environment, and it worked out great. I'm happy. I wouldn't change a thing. Gotcha. Awesome. Anything else um, as far as what you know now you would have done differently, you would have communicated differently back then? 
I don't know. It's all a part of the process. You got it. You got it. You got to take your, you got to take your lumps, man. Yeah. No, um, you know, I got kids now and, it, like the world's so protective around them, they it, like you don't see kids running. Around. It, yeah. Like, they're, they're you got it, you got it, you got to learn the hard way. Um, yeah. There's no way of of really teaching that and putting yourself in in new, random, uncomfortable environments, and and it gets into almost Darwinism. You either survive or you don't. Yeah, you know, and yeah. it's you know, I had a that's one thing I guess I figured out is like I learned how to at least survive yeah. or move on when I, sh- when I felt like I was about to die. I got you. The only other thing that's coming to my mind that has me really interested is this. It comes up a lot in the show where, you know, you can be in a restaurant, one of the best restaurants in a city for 10 years and learn all there is about running that restaurant. But the act of opening a restaurant, you're useless anywhere else. Exactly. The act you of might know how to cook, <laughs> but like that, I'm not gonna. Uh, the, I'm, I went to a restaurant recently, and uh, it was a new opening restaurant, and it was just that it was somebody trying to project something that they knew from a different restaurant, trying to fit it into this, instead of like knowing it, f- f- doing what the restaurant deserves to do. You know what I yeah. mean? So no, actually, the, the question I'm going to ask, I'm going to put this on the back burner because I think it might make sense to ask it later. So uh, we'll get a pass for that for now. Let, let's talk about why you came back to the state. So did you were talking to Tyler Florence when you were out in Hawaii? What, no, I wasn't. And no? this is another Phil thing. Um, <laughs> I swear to God, uh, if you find if you hitch the <laughs> to yourself to the right wagon. Um, so I was I, we're we're getting to the point where we're getting pretty burnt out. I felt like. We were there for like three and a half years, and at that moment, like, um, I'm not wasn't necessarily ready to uh, disappear from you know basically my home. Um, so I I started keeping in touch with Phil, and Phil um, in other restaurants prior to Mason's had this. Uh, so you said you weren't ready to disappear from your home, meaning well you it, ready on to- the Big Island, it, you know, yeah, the first two years, your family and your friends come out and visit you. But they stopped coming. Yeah. And then, like, I, you could literally, like, it disappear from society on the Big Island. Okay. So your home, meaning you, you Sacramento. Sacramento gotcha, and just, gotcha, like, gotcha. things that I like, music. Um, there wasn't there wasn't a lot of lot of people that, um, you know, had, had had the same personal interests as gotcha. I did. I didn't, I didn't surf. I, I, so maybe a little homesick. You start getting a little homesick. It's homesick. called Island Fever. I'm, it's yeah. it's, it's, it's basically, thing. it's a real thing. It's, yeah. it, I mean, it's not... It, I didn't not odd in that yeah. manner. But, uh... So you start Yeah, so, so like, yeah. I did, you know, you kind of, like, you put out, put out the psychic feelers and absorb or bring in opportunities. And he, uh, Phil had this guy before, uh, before me at a different restaurant. Kind of, I was, I was that guy. Um, this guy, Jason Rose, um, who, who has an incredible career. Um, but he was at that moment, uh, Tyler Florence culinary director, which means like he, he helped do all the, all the demos and writing books and, and uh, there, there's a moment where Tyler was going to open up a restaurant in San Francisco and Jason and Phil were buddies. Jason's like, Hey, you got anybody? And, uh, Phil's like, yeah, this dude, Mike, he was basically you after you. Um, you know, uh, it's like, great. And so I, I, Jason is the one that kind of called me up and said, okay, this is what's going on. If you come down and do a tasting and interview, you know, since 
you know, where this is kind of the family culture, you know, you kind of take care of each other it's, it's, since, since we're like Phil dudes, um, you know, you might, you might get, uh, at least a fighting chance of landing the position of uh, chef's cuisine at Wayfair Tavern. Um, you know, and I got, he gave me, he gave me some good information, like some good advice. Uh, but a lot of people apply for that job. Um, but I felt I, I, I went in, made some tasty food. Uh, it was like, I got off the plane and suddenly I'm like, Oh shit, California. It's not just tomatoes, fish and, and corn year round, like back to seasonality. Yeah. yeah. So like I got off the plane. Um, what time of year was it when you landed? God, it had to have been like February. Yes. February. So not an easy time to No. <laughs> yeah. But like I, I knew, I knew about whole foods. Yeah. And so like there's a whole foods in mill Valley and, and literally went into whole foods for without perspective. A, this is going back 10 years. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, whole foods in mill, mill Valley without it. Like I had a tasting at like four o'clock. I'm, I got off the plane whole foods at mill Valley at, at, at noon. And I purposely didn't write a menu or prepare. Like I was just going in there, like gonna just cook off the cuff. And if it worked out, if it worked out. But either way, we got off the island and we were gonna figure it out. But living in San Francisco is very uh, intriguing to Lisa and I. And uh, I did the tasting. I remember I prepped out. I I, I only had three dishes. And I prepped them out. I was ready to go. And uh, Jason comes in. and He's like, I think you should do four. I, I don't know if it was like something that they planned on doing. It gave me like 20 minutes to run to the store across the street, get some more ingredients, come up with one more dish. And I did it. Um, you know, and I, I think, you know, to the partners and the people I've coming from the strict corporate environment of, of Merriman's where at that time now I could speak numbers. I could talk P and I could talk business and, and operational management. You know, um, Tyler Florence is the most creative motherfucker on earth. Like he, he he's he is uh, endless. It's just a, the deepest well of of incredible. You know, he's a, he's he's a good thought leader, and so they didn't really need a creative dude, and so it worked out. Uh, and you know, Jason's like, oh yeah, you know, say you want this much a year because. You know, it, everybody was bidding so high. Yeah. So that was a little insider thing. It's like, okay, well, what what are you going to need to make this work? And I said exactly what the, their budget was. It's like, I think that helped as well. Yeah. So I mean, I think the, the the underlying messages here that came out is like, you know, take care of your family, right? You're in the family. True. Uh, take care of your people. Uh, so I mean, I'm kind of try. I try to read between the lines, right? Right. So and also really, get jobs that you don't necessarily deserve that are a little above your 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 skill rate, because it, you'll never go up. You'll never move up if it's comfortable. Yeah. You know, you, you'll just go laterally, and yeah. and so like I would always end up somehow convincing people to give me jobs in situations that I wasn't I wasn't qualified for at all. You know, or or I was almost there but i was I, I could hide it but then again back to what we said earlier the power of who you are and your attitude working will, hard will overcompensate like that will pull you up 
enough that people are willing to give you the knowledge if you if you hustle and you work. They'll teach you. You'll learn on the job. Right. If, you, if you if you if you show people you want to learn that you're willing to learn, like they will pull you ab- above where you are if you have that that hustle mm-hmm. and that that uh, that character. Right. So, yeah, and I, I, like I, I am a survivor. Like I'm gonna fight and and basically like as much work as it takes or uh, you know sacrifice it takes. I'm gonna make sure like. Like I don't, I, for, it's just my competitive nature. I like, um, so there, uh, it, like there was a, there was a growing period. Uh, there's growing pains opening up this restaurant again. Like suddenly it's like, you know, kind of one of the, one of the biggest restaurant openings in San Francisco at that time. And, you know, I've never worked in San Francisco. I, I was, I was a chef in Hawaii and, and had New Zealand experiences, but this is like, this is Ella we're talking about now. No, this is Wayfair Tavern. Wayfair Tavern. Okay. Sorry. And, and and it's like, holy shit. Like this is a four story restaurant with pastry departments and sous chefs and, and, and just not even knowing how, like, again, it's another culture, not even knowing how to like who or what to hire, like for, for line cooks, you know, and just having, having to adapt through that. Plus, you know, kind of, kind of uh navigating through you know tyler you know being being uber creative and having this this vision of the restaurant and then the realities of like what you can actually do you know where what fits in the restaurant versus like what you dream up yeah you know and that 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 took some took some time and then it got honed into something really great it, it, the restaurant tells you what it's going to be it's going to be this incredible fried chicken place. so what did tyler teach you what were the biggest lessons you 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 pulled from this experience how did you transform in this time he he he, he helped me on the like really because i like the creativity on my end was still coming from you know in, influences and inspiration you know, uh, for my personal creativity. Um, so he, he taught me just being around him, just like this creative dude, like uh, it's constantly coming up with new ideas or food and, and his like kind of subtleties and, in creating hooks. Like it, you, you, there'll be God, what uh, an example's not, but he'd he'd write the, these dishes without trying, but the name has kind of a, a alliteration to it, so so it sounds catchy and it seems cool. You know, there's like this whole kind he of had process a way of pulling people in. Yeah, well, and, and just like kind of coming up with uh, like kind of new things. Sometimes there the uh, some of the ideas were just out, out of bounds, but it still it's like let's give it a try and and do it. I've never so it helped me learn about like branding and identity and i started self-reflecting on okay well you know i'm starting to become you know more of a chef chef like what am i about like you know i don't i grew up on bologna and and in canned chili like what like if I was to tell my own food story, what is it about? Like, or how do I, so how do I do it? He taught you about branding and identity. You could see through his brand and his identity that he had something going on. Well, it was it, like, he, he was, he was good at it, it, He never really, he always had people around him. It, like he, he, he was a good collaborator of ideas. It would always be like thought tanks and us just chatting, coming up with ideas, you know? And it, at first it was just through the restaurant. Eventually like, um, him and I really created a, a solid relationship just because um, I got along with him and we we like similar things. So 
that's probably how I got when when I left and came back. I got pulled into kind of his more personal world, like his personal offices, and it was just me and him um, for a little bit. But just you know, just the the sitting around and working with ideas, and I was always like the practical one, like, well, we can't do this because of that. And sometimes it's frustrating to to do that. This is an incredible idea. I was like, well. I don't even know if it exists, you know? Uh, so there's a lot of that, but it, at the end of the day, it, it like really, really like showed me what it looks like. It, you know, when you, when you get a chance to be in the room with very special, successful people, it rubs, you know, you, you, you get the rub. Yeah. You yeah. Know? I'm, so I'm feeling like he taught you that one thing that kind of stood out is you went to go create something that didn't exist, but you went for it anyway. And I think that's kind of like the the mentality of just he taught you how that it's okay to be creative, that it's okay to try things. But yeah, and it's like, all this stuff's like rooted in like inspiration. Like Wayfair was like going to be a California Baltazar, like like French, kind of French brasserie, but California cuisine. Um, but you know the way he would kind of you know go after it it felt like there was identity like it because everything had his name or identity or brand because he he's more than a person he's a brand so when you when you apply that to just general restaurants you 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 get that sort of next level extra little like kind of branding and uh uh yeah the brand so the, the branding so it, it fits the space it, it, it looks right if it, it feels right this is what we're going after did it also teach you that this is about the time that you have to start thinking about what your own brand is what your own story is so later on that you had something to build off of is that was is that a bit yeah i mean it, yeah it was just all about a matter of like you know where am where am i going where am i gonna go um what's next it's conquest for me um and uh yeah, and there, you know, self reflection, trying to figure it out uh, quite a bit. Um, just because, like, you'd have to bring stuff to the table as much as he did. Like, if he came in with no ideas, like, it's like, what the fuck's your use? Yeah. Like, it, it was, it was. There was a good, like, you know, when you get into like a a, a, a thought a thought tank, like when it starts bouncing around, you get inspired and excited. It's like, yeah, that's it, and we could do this and this and this. This will be badass. Like, let's do it. And then, can you do it? Yeah, you know. And then I, I go, yeah, I could do it. And I, 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 if I could or couldn't, I read a good good story. We did a, a um, a Pebble Beach dinner, uh, and we came up with we're gonna we're gonna do hargal like straight up if for you know five hundred people or something. And it was we we were one course of like five, and it was like. Uh, Michael uh, Sirmusi, I don't know how to say his name. I always forget. Um, from Providence, uh, us, uh, Daniel Blue, and somebody else. And I, I never have made Hargal ever. It was the first time um, we prototyped it a little bit, but you know, going in there and just kind of figuring the out and it was ended up being very 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 uh what successful. is hargal is like a kind of a tapioca it's it's dim sum okay you know but with uh, like this you know i would say pasta but it's uh, you know kind of rice tapioca um and they're steamed and they're filled with stuff so like but uh, i mean it's not what yeah. we do or what i did or what 
we've ever done it, it for some reason it just came out of left field but it was really kind of a good success story because like oh well i could basically accomplish anything yeah i mean i think the other underlying lesson too that's definitely coming out and I, I, i'm surprised i didn't pick up on it until now is this the power of a mastermind or you're calling it yeah think tank oh absolutely like you don't have to come up with everything on your own like 100 like think outside of your head think out loud and and bring other people into your thoughts and let other people compound on that creative process having having an inspired dude with a vision is is critical um yeah. because then then because there, there's a billion ordinary restaurants you know, um, and, but you have, if, if you have a mastermind or like a person that has that sort of drive in, in, in sculpting, you know, the balance between, you know, business and, and creativeness and, and branding, um, it, it creates, you know, the subtleties in an ordinary restaurant to be, be kind of special. Yeah. But also by, by thinking out loud, by bringing you guys into the conversation, uh-huh. he gets to tap into that potential power of all these people he's surrounded himself. Oh yeah, with. of course. So, you know, and, and you get, you use those resources. He's, yeah. He's smart. Uh, yeah. Like uh, Tyler's a smart man. Yeah. Uh, like I, I have, uh, Nothing but respect and love for him. So we got to talk about your move back to, to Sacramento. Um, you had spent, a kid. Yeah, you spent three years. Uh, well, no, three no. years in Hawaii. A year or how long were you at uh, the tavern? Like two and a half plus. And, it was almost three, and then I I was in a weird transition because I was ready to grow. I didn't. Yeah, I wasn't the culinary director at that moment with Tyler, but I was kind of like his dude. We'd go out to dinner and we'd talk a bunch, um, and like I was in this transitionary phase. I, they had me kind of open up this thing for this, this restaurant that ended up being a total failure in mill Valley, just as a, you know, uh, you looks like you got the restaurant working profitable, all that stuff. Like you want to, you want to try do this. And I was like in transitionary period. So, um, the opportunity to, to be the, the executive chef at Ella came up and, as a Sacramento guy, I was here when Ella opened up and that was like, it was unfathomable. That was like the Philip Wong. It was like, it was unfathomable how somebody could be a chef at those places. It seemed so huge and a lot of responsibility and the food looked great. Um, so being presented with the opportunity to be the chef at Ella was a huge deal. That was, that was like, that was where I, I felt like I, I truly made it. Yeah. So, what was that transition like? Take us through that transition of, of coming to Ella. This is, you kind of said it was unfathomable. How did you tackle it? How did you take control of the situation? Well, at that time, like, like uh, Wayfair Tavern was such a beast. And it, you know, it, it, it was as painful as it was good. So in pain, you learn from pain in, in, in restaurants. And, and, you know, it was such a beast that, like, the size of Ella, even, even though it's, like, a massive thing, was completely... I had the I then had the tools. I still went about it like kind of, you know, I I I this isn't like a opinion, but I I I still don't think chefs are chefs until they own their own bank account and pay for their own food. <laughs> like they don't understand it because it now I'm on the other side. I'm I'm, I'm kind of a more grumpy restaurant owner. Um but so I I did, you know, I made sure that you know the restaurant was doing good and busy but I, I was really into like making myself look good and putting out good food and just like kind of pushing the envelope um i don't know if it was as financially i i performed as financially well for him but they were really nice to me um 
but like I, I things were accelerating for me. Like I started getting now that I got that job. Like immediately, I wanted something more. Like I, that sort of sort of drive. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah. So while you um, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry, I want to finish this up before. Yeah, I yeah. Sit. Please, please take your time. So uh, two and a half years in in San Francisco, San Francisco, and then a year we had I had my kid, and then. You know, uh, Tyler called me up. He's like, hey, can you help me on uh, New York Food and Wine? Um, I was still working in Ellis. I was like, yep. I, I went out there. We we had a great time. <clears throat> Ended up taking a detour to, like, Birmingham, Alabama. Um, added an extra week to our, our trip and just rode motorcycles. It was, it, for, it, it was amazing. And, you know, that's when it's like, you know, I want – I want I want to get into the corporate chef thing or the, the you know your uh your culinary director role um and he needed it at that time so uh it was almost exact I was only at LF for exactly a year so my my fingerprints you know I, like honestly like there's still dishes that I I put on that are still there That's and awesome. looks the same um which I'm I'm proud of at first I was I was you know, still growing. Like, um, I was kind of annoyed by it at first. I'm just being honest. Why? I'm curious. Like, what, what, how have you grown from that? What, what, what's like just precisely what is, why is that mentality of being annoyed by that? Not just be appropriate? get over yourself. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. It's not like once, once you figure out like, it's a business, and you feel the responsibility of, of it. It changes everything. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, you were being paid when you created that dish, well, right? So and, and, they own and that dish. Uh, well, yeah, I don't care about that, but it's like, you know, chefs will, chefs will drive a restaurant into the ground just to protect their own, own uh, reputation. Their reputation. So it ends up being they have their own individual stock that they're running on top of it. You know, and building building accolades and stuff, but they're not gonna they they're not gonna stay with you. Yeah. You know, and and so you know that I was still in that like aggressive ladder climbing, and then to me the pinnacle of of employment was like not working in a restaurant anymore, like every day as a chef, like grinding those chef hours and working on on a high level creative. Uh, branding and then traveling with uh, with with Tyler for that time period. Yeah, and I feel really bad because I didn't. Uh, this is always like kind of a sticking point, but I didn't I didn't stick stick with with that job as long as I should have because you know when you bring people on, there's a bit of investment, you know, and uh, but the, it, this opportunity for these restaurants kind of came across my table, um, like almost like six months in. Um, so that, um, on my weekends, you know, it was like negotiating these, these contracts so six months after joining Tyler, going back, going back to mill Valley after okay. my time in LF, uh, the, the, you know, I started talking to Bob, Bob Emmerich, my, my, my financial business partner for these places. You're talking about mother and mother and empress. empress. Okay. So, but, but at that time I was like in a thought tank like uh, in the creative world so you know conceptualizing these restaurants i had these like basically completely painted full you know the whole thing like done in my head 
you know, and you know, the mother and empress, the tie in because they're both matriarchal. I had these dreams of doing other restaurants that would stay, stay that theme of, of like Queens market and deli or made in ice cream, you know, that sort of stuff. Um, and it, you know, kind of pulling together this kind of stitched up thing. Um, so, you know, the like just being around Tyler, like eventually I was like, this is, this is what I want to do. And I want to be, you know, identity and a, a, sense of place is really really important so i just wanted to be as sacramento as possible yeah so what things when 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 you made this decision to go out on your own to 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 make to develop your own restaurants how were you living intention take us through that I, process of how you i never made up. one conscious decision to do any of these jobs they came to me and i'm really lucky on wow that. so i never i i hadn't applied for a job it made it like i think you know, just right place or right conversation, right time, like talking to Josh Nelson over the phone, asking me a question about something and then start talking. And it, it, yeah, it's like I've done tastings for it, but like, you know, but the opportunities would always be like, hey, you want to you want to see if this will work? Yeah. You know, so like that was another thing. It was I answer the phone. It's like, hey, are you interested in opening up a restaurant underneath the Crest Theater in Sacramento? I'm like. Yeah, (laughs) which is where we are right now. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And you know, the crest theater is big in my life. Like, uh, you know, seeing Sonic Youth and Nirvana there in '89, like going to see all the 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 twisted animations, and the big part of my high school childhood revolved around the crest. So it was also it's a landmark. There's a bunch of things that like made sense. It's like okay, then you know, let's do this. So. Even with your first restaurant with mothers, like you didn't have a plan to open your restaurant. Somebody approached you and said, "Hey, we have a space." Do you right? Want to be- no, we were, we were we were going through Empress, um, and this is uh, this is what happens a lot with with like bigger bigger development projects. Like I think uh, Empress uh, Empress was going on, but you know he he the 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 Bob who basically owns all of it. Um, and he owns the real estate, and it's kind of his dream. And when he discovered me, he uh, started talking to me. But, it, you know, from when we started talking to Mill Valley, it took three years to actually, like, getting all our ducks in a row to, to be able to build out and open this place. Mill uh, Valley. So when you, when you said you started talking to Mill Valley, what's I was that? living in Mill Valley. That, okay, was, gotcha. that, was, that was, like, the, the home base. So the, six years before uh, the, the, you know, actual build out of the restaurants yeah no th- well three and a half four and then he he's like well there's salmon shops uh opening up uh you 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 think you'd come up with something um we could we could do something there too so and this, sorry, we keep going. and i was like yeah because i i'll say yes to anything and do every opportunity and uh you know that's when when greta's started coming back into my head going you know, I want to do like a, a vegetarian restaurant that had sort of, you know, this this you know city vibe that hired, you know, not necessarily restaurant people, but like musicians and artists, and yeah. it had had like a vibe and culture, and it being vegetarian, um, and not being vegetarian myself, like I, I I wanted to tell a Sacramento story, you know, because we're we're in the breadbasket of America, all the vegetables around us, so. That was kind of my idea. I think you did something really important that's worth pointing out, which a lot of people missed the mark. And it was very subtle, but you were very intentional about who 
you were hiring. Oh yeah, um, and I think Big a lot of people time. they think about the concept, the restaurant, the food, the the feel, the 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 core, and then they're like, let's just shove people into it. But at the end of the day, this industry is all about relationships. It's all about people, and you had a, an, an idea of the type of person you wanted in. Your restaurant. That's who makes person. up your restaurant. Exactly. Like it Why doesn't so matter. Important? Like the walls, it, people don't notice the walls. They've noticed the walls when they first open when people are talking about the design of the place. But it's the food and the and and uh, the the environment that's created by the the souls inside the of relationships. It. Yeah, and you were very intentional about going to people who were probably seen as trendy. Right, people. Well, I mean, they're just my friends. Uh, yeah, they're they're more so my friends. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, uh, re- for mother too, like in the servers, it's like restaurant uh, experience wasn't necessary. I had muscle in the kitchen. Yeah, I I'd never I never opened up a restaurant without like bringing in muscle. Um, yeah, it, like really really good cooks, even for for a small time. So I mean I think the, I think the um, big but take yeah and then then it it just like it created a, a a voice and a culture and and a coolness and it all matched boom right there like if you want to inject culture and soul and coolness into your business that's people that's that's you don't get those things without the people right yeah Tyler used to like talk about talk about it being theater and you cast people. And, you know, like even, even when you're building restaurants, you, you'd always go, yeah, you got to put the green on the screen. So it's like you put all the money into the, the, the environment and the decor, you know, to where people, what people could, uh, enjoy and, you know, uh, basically collaborate with. So I think, uh, uh, I want to make sure I'm understanding the, the, the picture. So you're still working with Tyler. You get somebody that reaches out to you because you've been identified as somebody who's a, uh, a rock star in the kitchen when, the teams. when the mother thing came up that's when I gave notice it, because at that time I was just on my own uh, kind of consulting Bob uh, on 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 weekends and stuff I never really uh, I was good at not mixing both I, because it, you know it's it's rude and there's yeah. responsibility yeah. I had enough enough work to do as is um, but uh, when when he's like yeah well let, let's let's get mother going while we work through this uh, the the big project empress okay and it'll give you give you something to do yeah so you started as a consulting kind of basically yeah but he, unpaid like yeah. I, just talking about it and and making agreements and forming the businesses and you know, are we going to do this what's it look like and, and, and so, then the more the the project evolved the more he did he was he trying to get was he very transparent from the beginning that he who? wanted you uh bob uh-huh that he wanted you to be the the the, the, the full time chef. Oh yeah, no, it was it, no, it was it, it was always uh, like I I I basically demanded it. I okay. asked for it. Uh, uh, asked for what it, ownership? It. I wanted it okay. all uh, because I I you know I've been an employee for so long. I really wanted to so be an you, owner, and so um, I think that's really important. I think this is probably probably one. Of if the, you don't tell people what you want, you'll never get it. Okay, and how do you get it? And how? I mean, I think the other variable know. is like, yeah. Well, then you earn it or you deserve it. But like, if you don't, if you don't say out loud what you want, like you'll never get anything that your any dreams are. You might not get exactly what you want, but at least you'll probably be offered a step closer towards what you true. want. True, right? Yeah, that's that's true. Because um, it's not specific; it's just more the motion of 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 progressing and growing and and doing things so how did you work out the relationship once you, you uh 
were able to convince him to make you a partner. Well, I think he wanted to anyways. There's lots of lots of, uh, options, and there's something about like like I said uh, when you when it's a there's there's contingency to it because mm-hmm. uh, you get to lock you know people it, we're 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 locked in a, in a marriage now you know it's like you it, it's not a job mm. um so and but you know uh, so uh, being propelled into suddenly like you know being the chef face and ownership and you know not not really like uh, yeah, I mean there again there's a huge learning curve like um, I remember like the first four months, you know, vendor payments, which I, I would have to send out checks first time I ever doing that. I was like handwriting the name and address on every check or every, every envelope, you know, and it would take me hours <laughs> was it, because I'm, I was fucking dumb. Like <laughs> they print it out and you just get the window on it, you know, yeah. but it's like, <laughs> that's a perfect example. Well, like you, these are all things you learn the hard way. Right. But, but, but it, you know, and it, it was like it, the, the, I would think the challenge of, of mother is like, um, it, it, it was always like this at first, this stepping stone to get Empress going. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a bit of, you know, for me, I was looking forward to Empress and, um, it took a little while for me to, it, thankfully, like, Mother was, like, an insane hit from the beginning. And it's been line, lines out the door um, almost six years, seven, six, six or seven years now. Um, but, you know, uh, re- uh, restaurants aren't, uh, they're, they're, they're crazy sensitive, um, fickle, they, 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 they do well and then immediately do terrible and you know you, you it's it's a good bad and ugly yeah um, and that my process of going from just being creative chef you know understanding managed kitchen finances to the the whole big shebang um you know that was it, it kind of pulled me out of the kitchen um completely um, how do you feel it, about that i i I feel like it was, it, you know, kind of a mistake I made early on instead of uh, setting up some of it. You know, I kind of took everything on um, because, you know, if it was in my hands, I could protect it. Uh, and I should I should have delegated more also, like, potentially, since I was getting pulled out of the kitchen, you know, I brought in, you know, more, more chefs than I probably should have. And, it, it, you know, I love working with all these chefs. Uh, but you know, it, I probably should have just been solo, figured out, delegated the things that you know I should it really sh- don't belong doing. Like I'm not an accountant, you know, I don't belong doing that. That's just not me, um, you know. It, so doing it, self reflecting and figuring out what what works and doesn't work, and um, finding 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 your path. So during this whole thing, like. I was being pulled out of the kitchen. I was getting it, the Instagram came it came to life about a couple of years before, and I just grew a massive distaste for um, uh, the, the the chef culture at, at that moment. So I I kind of I kind of kind of went into a hole. Like I, I I cook and stuff, but it's like you know there's something about like um, 
being a chef these days, well, I, it, the the shift has already happened, but it was just like, you know, it was pitcher food, and I, you know, I had I had one chef that, like, you know, would take pictures and post the pictures of their their food and not taste a thing. I remember tasting one of them is like this garbage, and it's like. But then he's looking, look, looking at his Instagram. It gets 100, 180, 200 likes, and it's validating. Going, yep, that's you're wrong. This is right. Yeah. Look at, look at, look at this validation. And it's a whole nother layer of like plat- you're getting the cookie, right? Where well, the it's a whole nother layer of chef, like chef, chef platforming and made made everybody aspiring celebrity chefs um, uh, because it, you know it, there's. If you if you make pretty food, you get attention. Yeah. Um, but it, it yeah it could be. And it also, like if 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 the food didn't make any sense, it would get attention because wow, that's that's groundbreaking. It's pretty. <laughs> or groundbreaking. <laughs> yeah. But it, it's 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 garbage. And and the the, you know, I I by the time I opened up Mother, I already had twenty years under my belt. I was I, uh, kind of an old dog. Um. So. Uh. I just I just started uh, having a distaste for it, and also like, uh, you know, re- running restaurants, even successful ones, is rough. You know, there's a lot of lot of deeper responsibilities that people don't don't really understand. Um, so, uh, I mean, there, to to our testament, um, we're still open, and you know, we we came out and and provided Sacramento with two. Um, brand new fresh ideas I, I i could probably say that confidently yeah um and uh did our thing you know and then what how we you know how we handled it after and through the 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 bumps in the road i think we're now in a great spot yeah and i want to dissect this a little bit just first on the whole instagram thing mm-hmm. i agree 100 percent with you that's why i'm here today to to change the culture of the industry and to inject culture back into the industry, the right culture, the right values back into the industry, right? And to dissect the... Um you just follow... You can see the trends. I, uh, You know, I see it like... I, I see it go through. And now, now it's actually at a good trend I where I think we're swinging back. Well, it's... It, you know, now it's about like... You know, personal health and well-being. In relationships. And, and relationships and, and... And, you know, you'll... you'll but... You know, you could you could see see what's real and what's fake. Yeah, you know, and, and you know, like, but then you get like watching whole- watching Matt Jennings' journey um, has out been, of Boston, right? Yeah, his journey has been been inspiring and, and rad. Actually, Jason Rose is working with and, him now, and that journey brought him out of the industry where mm-hmm. you know he was so like that he just got away from it all together. Restaurant restaurants are are a big meat grinder, and, yeah, and owning them and it, like, dude, I'm chewed up, but I'm happy, and I I've, I've recently kind of discovered the things that like have have been taking my head out or getting me in, in not as not as inspired by the chef thing um and and recently i've been thoroughly inspired in cooking a lot and uh into it uh you know because i've kind of finally delegated off some of the things that like were bogging me down and that was the other point as far as dissecting i think the other big lesson from that is um 
and it's hard to know what you what you're supposed to be doing and what you're not supposed to be doing until you've tried everything. You've got to get there. There's no way to know that you'd like her. Yeah, or, I always, I always, uh, uh, sorry to jump in. I yeah. always mentor young sous chefs because eventually, like it, when you when you start getting to big boy stuff that it's all open air like nobody's going to give you direction you got to figure it out which direction to go and it, it feels it, it feels aimless at times but like you got to f- kind of figure it out yeah and uh, be willing to delegate like you said and not like you said you had to have your hands on everything so you could protect it um but you were you got sucked into doing things that you didn't necessarily like or weren't necessarily that good at right? yeah no absolutely Accounting it's because i was a, con- a control freak um, so knowing what lane am. you belong in and being willing to surround yourself with other people who are strong where you're weak and to offload that stuff right right, right. yeah no absolutely because i you know i realized that like um i wasn't sure what my foundation was anymore um and uh at the end of the, at the end of the day, my foundation is is cooking and being being a chef. Yeah, um, um, kind of kind of, uh, you know, my colleagues understand they they know what I'm talking about. Yeah, um, and now, you know, people people are starting to get to know me more as a drummer because I still play music, but yeah. as a drummer than as a chef, and I I, I realize that that's that's not a good thing well, necessary. I think there's been a lot of value in this conversation, a lot of underlying lessons, um, and I've really loved every second about it. I got to think about wrapping up. I can't believe it's already been an hour and thirty minutes of recording yeah, time. Time I goes by talking, so fast. Uh, I love the chat. Um, one question I want to start asking all my guests before we go into the speed round, and there is a speed round. It doesn't take Great. long. Is uh, how have you transformed? Who are you today? The mission statement of Restaurant Unstoppable is to inspire, empower, and transform the industry. And the way we do that is by making an example of those who have gone through the transformation, who are at the top of their game today. So, who are you now versus the man you were when you got into this industry? I feel like I'm 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 pretty self aware. Uh, I know my my faults and weaknesses, um, and I, I do know my 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 strengths as well. So I, I'm. I'm way more grounded, for sure. Beautiful. Um, you are, you're a product of your own path. That's that's a Tyler Tyler quote. You're a product of your own path. Uh, so you know, there's, there's choose a, your path. Well, yeah. The, it, I didn't choose mine, to be honest. You know, I it, it, you did in the way you did. I didn't. Um, I didn't. Maybe not I never dreamt feet. to be be a chef or a restaurateur. It was just something that I had. But you chose your stum- path in every day and how you showed up, and people took note about that. Mm-hmm. You you got to choose your path by. Maybe yeah, I, I would have scale. to. I would have to agree. Just you, but like not not. It's not so conscious. Yeah, it's just me. But I mean, I feel like it, even if you show up with the right attitude and willing to hustle and give the people that you're surrounding yourself the best version of you, mm-hmm. they will choose a path for you mm-hmm. if you don't choose the path and they will, they will see something in you and they will set you on a trajectory like Phil did. So even if you don't know your ultimate vision, your ultimate path, if you, if you are in the short term paying attention to that, to that moment, that day, what you could do today to choose a right. path, then some other people are paying attention. They'll, they'll put you on the right path. Totally. I think for me, I just hate, hate being told what to do. <laughs> Dude, I've loved this conversation. <laughs> um, one more quick break to thank our sponsors. And we'll be back to wrap up a quick speed round. Your job as a restaurant owner or manager is to paint a picture of the job done right and to empower your employees with the tools and knowledge they need to excel. This is why you need to check out Wisetail, a premier learning management system 
ecosystem trusted by our industry's most recognized names. With Wisetail, quickly scale your training initiatives across all locations, empower your employees to take control of their own learning and professional growth, foster communication and engagement through their integrated training and communication tools, and ensure long-term scalable success with the help of their best-in-breed client experience team. They'll take you from goal-setting and implementation to ongoing strategy and best practices training to make sure you maximize your ongoing investment in your training and your programs. And if you use my links, you'll get three months free after signing up for a year contract. Again, that's wisetail.com slash unstoppable or find the banner in the show notes. It's the entrepreneurial myth, and I'm sure you're familiar with it. It's the idea that when you open your own restaurant, life is going to get easy because you get to do exactly what it is that you love, whether that's front of house or back of house. And then reality kicks in, right? You've got to do all this other stuff that comes with owning a business like taxes, HR, payroll, really boring stuff. That's where Gusto comes in. Gusto makes payroll, taxes, HR actually easy for small business. And if you want to add on 401k or health benefits, it's a breeze. Those old school clunky payroll providers just were not built for the modern small business. Not to mention, you, you've got to compete with the big guys. But how do you compete with the big guys when you don't have big guy bucks? Well, with Gusto. That's how. Get back to doing what it is you love and let Gusto handle the rest. And because you are Restaurant Unstoppable listeners, you'll get your first three months free when you run your first payroll. That's Gusto.com slash Unstoppable. Again, Gusto.com slash Unstoppable. All right, we're back. And the first question I have for you is what is your it factor, a habit, a trait, a characteristic you believe most contributes to your success? Saying yes. What is your biggest weakness? Saying yes. <laughs> I had a feeling it was going to be a double, a twofer in that one. Yep. Uh, what is one question you ask or thing you look for during the interview process? When, you, when you're growing your team, what are you looking for? Oh, man. I, I never. Oh. Um, outside interest. Outside interest. Like hobbies. Uh, you know, if they're interested in other things. It's, you know, it's it, it, because, you know, I want to get to know the person. Um so generally, if people have hobbies or are interested in things, there's a bit of a doer. What's your biggest challenge today? Mm. Aside from getting through this interview. <laughs> Summer times in Sacramento. Uh, it, no, I mean, biggest challenge is, you know, keeping restaurants on, open. Uh, like, people are really insensitive to, like, restaurateurs. Uh, be, uh, they, they, they think it's an amenity to this hotel they call life. And to us, like it's, it's, these things are like, like they're not good business models. Like our, our margins are like 5%, you know? So these are like loving gifts to the community that we're putting their life and blood and soul. And we're not, nobody's making any money necessarily and it, you know the smallest i mean it's five cents to a dollar that like if you fuck up five cents it, like you're going bankrupt so you know um there's yeah uh it's it you you bring up a really interesting point i know this is supposed to be the the speed yeah. round, but i'll unpackage it a little bit um i think that gets a good quote uh, unguessed uh, guests have forgotten how to be guests. I think we forget that there's a give and a take. Well, um, a certain people, mutual pe- respect that 
we we look at businesses as something that we can just spit on and once you op- open a business this world's a small to- town because we're all inter- inter- interconnected on our on our devices and the social media so people have have voices that mainly sometimes shouldn't have voices we and and so like and people are vicious because they're 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 anonymous to the to the most part, and also that's what gets attention. It's kind of the the self validation thing of creating beautiful, disgusting food and getting getting you know likes and followers because of it. You know, it's like it's it, it's false. And well, we forget that there's people behind the business, and when we we're living a review in a business, but we forget it's, that it's that, money. It's real money. It's the, it, like. And real lives are at stake and families. And yeah, you know, it's not just mine. I have I have seventy employees. Vote with your dollar is what I like to say. You totally. Know, or every, speak with every, your dollar. Yeah, well, every dollar is a vote. You, you know, know what? don't you don't have to put every dis, you know dissatisfying experience, every dissatisfying thought that you had during this experience, someplace on you know to, to be justified in your experience. Like, just don't go back. Don't don't spend the money. You know. Yeah, and but I mean, there's also a responsibility to the restaurant. If you say you're going to be good. And there's uh, un un uh, like like unsaid things like you know your menu prices or the design. If you say you're going to be good, be good. Yeah, you know yep. because like if you're going to charge me for for a premium of something, but you know deliver. Yeah, but okay. I'll keep it to myself. Exactly. I, I guess at the end of the day, I just people are they've forgotten how to be human. You right. forget that there's humans attached to the, the back end of these businesses and, and people expect just, businesses to fail and it, it, like it, it, or restaurants <laughs> to fail and they don't understand that it's like it's life wrecking. Yeah, I think we've made our point. Mm-hmm. Uh, share one code of conduct or behavior you teach your team. This is a way to be a way to act, a core value you teach your people. It, yeah, it's just be nice. I love it. What is one uncommon standard of service you teach your team? This is something to go above and beyond what's expected from the guest. Be nice. <laughs> true. Uh, yeah. It's a good one. What is one book that's a must read to make us a better person or restaurant owner? Oh man, I don't read books that much. Um that's fine. What about what what's one resource you go to? American Psycho. Okay. <laughs> uh what is one thing you feel restaurateurs don't do well enough or often enough? Um checking on the brand and the 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 whole package like uh, what they're about and what they're doing eventually like you you end up perennializing things and if you don't keep on breathing life into it or or adjusting keeping and, it fresh be, being nimble and ch- changing things uh, for the most part but being able to do it in a in a right manner like uh, keeping things kind of kind of going and i think also th- this day and age people are getting a little too too specific in branding you know, the, you'll find these really, really, like highly specific restaurants that's coming coming up, where, and it's not like a, uh, like it's only about fried chicken. You know, it, instead of just like getting into making restaurants, you know, um, and you know these restaurants that are being opened up that looks like an Instagram al- algorithm, um, like created it. You know, when design is first generally that's not going to last yeah uh what is one technology you've adopted within your four walls recently that's had a huge impact on operations communication efficiency profitability anything along those lines any tool you can recommend uh i mean we we use slack as an app um that that's been a good communications tool 
Um, but everybody's basically a cyborg. We all have <laughs> computers. It's uh, uh, yeah, uh, the we, shift uh, has happened. Yeah, <laughs> the singularity is <laughs> what it's called. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we, uh, I mean, it's like as phones as phones become uh, more. You know, stronger. It's people, a matter of time before the, the a, phone is injected into. No, us well, the phone is our identity, and it's our brain too. We're we're smarter than we've uh, ever been because we can look up anything at any moment. It's an extension of our brain. Absolutely. It is now. Yeah. Awesome. Um, I agree. I mean, it, it can be good and bad. I think it's it's. I mean, that's a whole other conversation. You <laughs> can't we, fight it. Is what it is. Maybe when we break down the the, the set today, we'll we'll dive into that one. <laughs> if you got the news, this is the last question, by the way. If you got the news, uh, you'd be leaving this world tomorrow. All the memories of you, your restaurants, everything would be lost with your departure, with the exception of three pieces of wisdom that you could leave behind. Jesus. This is a deep one. I don't, Jesus. I don't F around, man. Yeah, uh, no, this is three pieces of wisdom that you could leave behind. You've officially lost me. <laughs> what are three things you know to be true about your success? Three things you could pass down to the next generation well, for your legacy? I, well, the first thing is I don't feel like I'm successful. Well, I think Second, that's a common experience yeah. to a lot of people here in this industry. We keep going. Sorry. Um, I hope my like I try to separate me and my my profession. So my profession isn't isn't necessarily me. I got you. And then uh, I don't know. That's it. I, I I'm out of ideas. <laughs> so let me, so we'll just start by saying, um, you know, I think truly successful people never look at themselves as being successful because they're always looking at the next thing on the horizon or they're, 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 they always feel like they can be better. Right. Well, I'm not rich yet. <laughs> so that, that's, <laughs> I think what was the other thing you mentioned? Uh, the second one was, uh, Oh, it's, it's the, well, it's not about me. Like, well, it, it sometimes you're not defined like, by your restaurant. No, or, or yeah, but it, I am, but like, you know, it's like, you know, I have family and things I like outside of this and, yeah. um, I'm not constantly 24 hours a day thinking about food yeah and and i think i'm gonna gonna give you one more if factor the third if factor that i pull from this conversation is just being a good person in in showing up every day uh and if you are i think other people will take care if you if you contribute in a meaningful way um i think that the universe will take notice and and take care of you Uh, but i don't want to put words in your mouth but yeah i think hard work yep Awesome. I love this conversation. Uh, we wrap up every chat by calling somebody out. So who's one person you respect and admire and believe would make a great guest mentor like you did today? Uh, Phil. Uh, I would love to get Phil in the show. Yeah, Phil Phil, Phil have tons of stories. And, uh, yeah, he's been around. I think he, I think he's, the sh- like, the chef of Facebook. Really? Like, of Facebook, not at Facebook. So <laughs> that's, what, that's what the text so said last corporate. time. I said, he was like, I just got this job, and I'm the chef of I'm like, of or uh? Uh. <laughs> I'm like, whoa. Look out, Phil. I'm coming after you. I'd yeah. love to get you on the show. Uh, we can record at Facebook headquarters. Uh, and let the folks at home know, uh, how can we connect with you if we want to come and join your team? If we, we, if we were res- if something resonated with us from today's conversation and we want to come get mentored by you, what's the best way oh. to join your team? Uh, just find me on social media. I don't know. <laughs> I'll have the links to the the restaurants in the show notes, and it's mothers, yeah, and, and, mother and, and empress, empress, and and the new restaurant gyms coming soon. Beautiful, awesome. I have loved this conversation. Thank you so much again for taking the time to share your story, your knowledge, your mentorship. Yeah, there is no questioning, my man. You are unstoppable. <laughs> <laughs> we'll cut it there. Thanks. Cheers. 
there's another one in the archive, and I have a couple calls to action for you. Please reach out to me, Eric, at restaurantunstoppable.com, Facebook slash restaurantunstoppable, and Instagram, Eric Cacciatore. If you are interested in letting me know who I need to make an example of in Sacramento, in San Francisco, I'm on the road. I'm in California, Northern California, through the rest of October into November, and I would also love to connect with you, my my listeners. Grab a beer. Grab a coffee. Grab whatever. Let's let's connect. I want to go deep. I want to get intimate with my audience and my my guests. So uh, that all starts with you guys. Let me know who's out there. Uh, not just guests, but yourselves. I love connecting with my listeners. And let's also start growing this Facebook group that I've created, the Unstoppable Restaurant Owners and Operators. If you guys want to communicate with each other, if you want to reflect on episodes, that's where I want to start doing this. So email me to get permission to be added to that group or to search for it on Facebook. All right, guys, let's do this. Peace.